to the Keep Looking Up podcast, my friend. We've been trying out this for a while, and I'm so thankful that I finally get to have you here. So yeah, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me, too. Really yeah. exciting. Good. Awesome. Me, too. Before we get into it, I want you to just like feel free to tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're at in life, and what you do. My name is David Carzell. I work online uh, under the name Motivational Speaker, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I do uh, kind of wellness, spiritual content. I also am a coach and um, I do some of that kind of spiritual life coaching as well. Yeah, I just talk. I'm a speaker as well, technically, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, and an um, actor as well, right? Also an actor. I'm also an actor. <laughs> yeah, uh, we love it. Cool. Just out here, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. No, actually, so I found you on TikTok. That's how I connected with you originally. And it was like a for you page experience where like one of your videos came up and I was like crying and really angry with you because like the truth that you were speaking was like really pissing me off because I was like, that means I have to change something about myself. So it was one of those things where I like you came up and you were spitting this truth. And I like was like, oh, and you're like, nope next video, give me something funny, like some funny content, please. And then you kept coming up like on my For You page. And I was like, fine, sir. Ah. <laughs> okay, I will listen to you. And then as I like broke down those walls around my heart to like receive the message, I was like, man, this guy is good. So I reached out to you and I actually want you to tell me, cause I don't know, where did you come up with this name, motivational speaker? I mean, like, where did it birth within you to like, I love it. So how did so, it come to you? This is a, this is like my favorite story. It's actually going to oh. lean into exactly what we're talking about oh. today. Awesome. <laughs> um, so technically it was my fiance's idea uh, to do motivational speaker, but it came from me because I was like, I thought it'd be hilarious. And cause I'm just irreverent and ridiculous um, to make the name motivational speaker spelled H-A-U-X and do like thirst trappy like topless joints on TikTok yes. and just yes. be like and just do the same thing that I'm doing but like be really like you know whatever yeah and I thought it was hilarious she's like I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> and great um, idea honey let's do it she's like mm, well no um so she's like okay and she's she's in advertising and she's very very good at her job so she got like very like work focused. She's like, all right, what's, what are you trying to express with that name? And what I told her was I, my main focus was to exemplify the sort of paradox of anything that I would say, uh, because I was acutely aware of the sort of nature of the sort of wellness community, the spiritual community and the tendency to objectify the situation and turn it into like, oh, uh, this is a belief, this is something that I identify with. And I was aware that the nature of that objectification would tend to lead to a polarity, which is to say, you know, this is true. Well, it also has to be untrue for it to actually be true. And this creates a ton of confusion. And so what I wanted to kind of put out there was the awareness that Everything that I'm saying, if it resonates with you, great, but it's also bullshit. 
And I really wanted people that like have that awareness, but also just kind of create some more space for myself. Cause you know, something that I'll, I'd routinely say is like, I can, when people are like, oh man, like I really don't agree with that. And I'm like, me neither, please don't. I can shit on all of my videos better than you can, trust yeah. me. Like, and so when I told my fiance that, she's like, okay, well, what about motivational speaker? Like false. I'm like, oh, that's, that's great, babe. <laughs> That's, uh, that's like way better than yeah that's it that's it right there <laughs> I bet so that's what that's what happened <laughs> I was like I love it well it stuck out to me and I think it's because I understood I mean I wanted to hear it from you because it's your name right but that's how it felt to me like it resonated with that like within myself it's funny because when I am putting content out there and I'm a little bit back and forth on whether or not I should be using this language but when I put it out there a lot of times I find myself being like guys I have no idea what I'm talking about this is my experience no clue Mm -hmm. like I'm not saying what you should believe I'm not telling you like you know it's like this is your message make sure you believe it like no I'm just like this thing is what's going on within me and I feel this call to share I have no clue even for myself exactly how this is working and playing out in life so thank you for sharing it resonates with me yeah it's really cool Okay, so speaking of how this leads into what we're talking about, just to let everyone know, um, today we're talking about relationships and how they foster our spirituality um, and what that looks like. So on the podcast, keep looking at the idea that like birthed it was my life experience and story of me finding my humanity and my divinity, um, like what that looks like together. Like, how do you be fully human with the internal knowing that you are like this eternal being. It's been like a weird juxtaposition in my life forever of trying to figure out, I was always had an internal awareness within myself that I was more than this carnal body, right? Like I always felt that a connection to something outside of this. And um, I think when I was little, it was fostered from this need to be more than my body. I was like, there's no way this can be it, right? Like there please let there be more than this experience of my life, right? But then that kind of brought to me these, um, like as even like a young girl, like I mean, I filtered myself through religion and trying to figure it all out, right? Like that was kind of the route I took to trying to find out what my soul was. But along with like using religion as like the avenue to find this thing that I, whatever I was searching for, that also felt like, like a limitation to me. I was like, the body's a limitation. That's where it started. And then I was like, okay, religion, let's try this thing. Right. And then I was like, this is a limitation to whatever this is inside of me. Like I get it. Like I understand like where they're going with this and I signed up for it. And I was like, okay, but it always felt like this isn't, there's more to it. There's something deeper here. So as I like kind of deconstructed on my own, like those religious, like that religious foundation, I started to get extremely inspired to learn the stories of other people who are also on this journey in other ways and what their thing is, right? Like there's, and there's many paths, like religion was the first path for me, right? To try to find this thing out or awaken this thing within me. And there have been other things. I mean, right now, maybe it's this podcast. Like, I don't know, like maybe that's what I'm doing here, right? Like maybe this is the avenue I'm taking still this three-year-old girl and search for the more within me, right? Through the stories of other people. 
So I'm expanding my horizon to learn from other people's experiences and also to have fun with that. Because a lot of it, I think too, is that I take my life way too freaking seriously. And yeah, I'm like, this has to be figured out. I'm like, I have to know what this means and what this is. Um, and part of it is just like a really fun journey. And I find a lot of fun in the stories of other people because what I learned is that we are all like motivational speakers in our own lives. Like all of us, it's all meaningful, but not really. Like, right, you know, like yeah. it matters, but not that much. But you know, it's really not that big of a deal. So yeah, when we originally spoke, we kind of like got into the conversation of this briefly and also how your relationship with your amazing fiance has birthed something inside of you and taken you on some path to leading you where you are now. I want to hear that story. Oh gosh, it's, I feel so weird because I, I talk about her way too much. But um, yeah, we, we, uh, <laughs> we met um, at like a restaurant. Uh, we were, I was just acting in, you know, when she was in grad school. And we just kind of, we have a very unconventional, probably, relationship in the sense that, like, I think we went on our first date, date, and maybe we're like, I think that was kind of it. It was very strange. It was like a date, and it was like, this is cool. And then like we, wanted, like we hung out again and maybe went on another day. And it was just like, it wasn't even a date. It was just like drinks after work. But we were pretty much together after that. And we pretty much moved in together, like really very, like more quickly than I'm willing to admit on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uncomfortably we, fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still haven't made peace with it. Really happy with the outcome. Yep, Got it. yep, yep. It was just like, because <laughs> I don't want nobody to be like, oh, this, this move is not the move. Don't do this. This is a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been there for a long time now. And, um, you know, early goings, though, it was we were oil and water. And that's really, it's, it was a very distinctly uncomfortable situation in that I've never felt more compelled in, in genuinely at the time I felt compelled to be with this person and yet none of it worked. Like if we were going off of like red flags, like all of the red flags, all of the things. Like, like on both ends for both each ends, other. Yeah. Both ends just like, <clears throat> like bop, 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 bop. we were just not, not it. Um, Is toxic too strong of a word? Well, here it is. It, <laughs> here it is, though. Like, I, I want to, I want to make a quick distinction. Like, a side note is something that I'm yeah. really kind of passionate about right now. Yeah. Um, which is, I feel like when we say toxic, uh, we just mean really bad. Yeah. And I'm like, I really want to stretch that definition and make that a bit more actionable. Um, and so what I like to point out, and, and, and something that we talked about, talk about a lot of the time, you know, when I work with my, my clients and people on my Patreon, even on TikTok, is um, this is kind of a dialectic way of seeing things, but everything is kind of dual, like in poles, right? Everything is up and down, left, right, inside, outside, everything kind of works that way. What we 
are really saying when we say toxic is an imbalance in the poles, right? It's, uh, uh, and for the sake of this, there are kind of two energies here, right? One mm -hmm. of like expansion and whatever, and one of contraction and, and yes. rigidity, right? So, totally. um, right. And so from a spiritual perspective, right? And then look, we can call these masculine and feminine energies, right? That's yeah. another kind of way of seeing that. When we're talking about toxic, what we really mean is we're entirely too identified with one side or another mm. of that situation. And so in that respect, from a more archetypal perspective, we were both incredibly toxic because I was wholeheartedly fully identified with a sort of feminine energy. Her mind was hyper-masculine. And so from a more practical standpoint, her mind is saying there are rules and they matter. And my mind is saying there are no rules and they don't fucking matter. Yeah. And that's how we came together. <laughs> yeah, man. Whoa. <laughs> was not, it was like, yeah. it was, so that was. But, but regardless, yeah. this massive pool to be together. Yeah, no clue. Within yeah. that, yeah which I didn't get. And then also like, you know, I was still buying those like weird beliefs that you don't know that you buy. Like, you know, it's gotta be fireworks and it's gotta be this and it's whatever, whatever. And there was another girl in the picture who there kind of was that with. And I was like telling her, I was like, look, man, this is great. You're amazing. You're a superhero. I don't get it, but it's gotta be her. Like, it's gotta be my, <laughs> I don't yeah. understand it. It made like, if I was to like write it out, it made no sense no logical sense whatsoever, no emotional sense really whatsoever. It's just like, this is just what it is. Yeah. And so through maybe that, I think there was this moment and then I, I'll shut up a bit more. Um, this moment that right happened, <laughs> um, we were having a fight, which we fought a lot in the beginning of our relationship. But she said this thing and it actually, I don't think we actually addressed my confusion with what she had said until years later. But she said, I think you have a different understanding about when this relationship is going to end. And the way that I took it in my toxicity um, was, oh, uh, so I'm just like a fling to you? All right, fuck this. Like I was yeah. like, all right, fine, whatever. And then I think, I. I I'm, I may be misremembering here, but I feel like it wasn't until years later when I was like, that really hurt when you said that. And she's like, what did you think I meant? And I told her and she's like, what do you think I mean now? And, and she's like, and I was like, oh, oh, you meant the other way. Oh, and like, so the whole time I'm like, yeah. like trying to find ways out of it. And I'm like, you know, like not trying to whatever. And she's just like, and to her, and from a very now I know a very kind of deeply kind of maybe spiritual awareness was like this is just a thing that we're dealing with we're together this is this I don't is, know what change. <laughs> nothing yeah. has changed <laughs> and I was just like I was so shook when she said that to me I was just like oh oh fuck yeah and it completely it changed the whole thing. And like, I just remember that was such a pivotal moment in our relationship. Yeah. Years uh, later. After years later. Years later. Because I remember during the conversation, I peaced out. I was like, this is all right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever then. I mean, nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So when you, when the relationship started, like say when you're having these fights and like the beginning that was so tumultuous, would, mm-hmm. would you say that like you were on a spiritual journey consciously at that point or did something wow. shift for the both of you somewhere along the way? Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, not consciously, right? Obviously mm-hmm. it's a, it's the, the process of life, but uh, consciously, no, I wouldn't say that I was on the journey at all. <laughs> Did you have any belief? Like, was there anything in you, like even intellectually so, that you would have said, normally you are? I, I didn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm super grateful for this because it really, it makes, I, in my opinion, I feel like it made my transition a bit easier um, in the sense that I grew up kind of Christian, religious, mm-hmm. always had a very sort of strong sense of like, there's something here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's something here. But the cognitive uh, dissonance that was happened from what I was being told was the thing and and what my experience was, was very heavy. Yeah. And so I think maybe around college and right before and during college, there was more of a like casual falling away. I Mm. didn't do the thing that a lot of my friends did, which was become very like, that won't too too pass, right? You're trying to really force it and go like, really insane like, yeah let me tell you this is i know for certain and you're like all right fam like you come on bro like you we yeah. have the same questions come on now like there's that or yeah. did they go like the other way which is like i don't believe in any of this yeah none and of right and then a lot of that path turns into very sort of deconstructiony. and i don't know if i had a deconstructive path in the sense that i feel like i just kind of like i'm gonna just hang back I'm yeah. just gonna like, uh, it's all there. It wasn't until I think maybe my last year of school that somebody asked me, yeah, where are you on the whole thing? And I was like, oh, I don't like, I like, I remember really being taken aback because nobody had asked me and I've been kind of pondering it, but I was like, I guess I, I rock with the God idea, but like the way that we're treating Jesus is a little weird. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, I don't really, I'm not really vibing. And so when it came to our relationship, I was in that sort of kind of more agnostic yeah. kind of space. And it was three or four years into our relationship before things really got crazy because I was, you know, I'm an actor in LA and uh, you can't, you can't be out here there's a certain level of consciousness that's required to exist in this city. You just cannot, I mean, you, you, you can be like weird and whatever, but there's a certain level of self-awareness that is just kind of demanded of you. Yeah. Um, and so I had taken my entire self-worth, like we all have the same story and put it into my work, right? right. Lucky me that I chose a job like acting because it does, it's the best place. <laughs> Or like fucking that up. Yep. <laughs> because if you if if you're jo- if you're like, mm, I my job is everything, acting's like <laughs> tight. Really? It's because it's, it's, it's insane. I'm it's, gonna break you apart. Yeah. You know, like and yeah. so lucky me, um, that that was the job. And then so like I wasn't working, I was just I was I felt worthless. Mm. And that kind of pushed me onto a path of kind of, you know, self-discovery and all that. But I will say at one point there was a palpable like shift. There, there was the like, oh, you know, okay. I didn't really know anything rather. I, I knew nothing about 
the self-help world. I knew nothing about it. Didn't know it existed um, in that sense. And I remember there was, during our relationship, and we, we, we had kind of come to a place that was okay, but I was kind of in a severe, what I guess we could now judge as a depression um, for maybe a year plus. Yeah. And I remember kind of starting to kind of feel like I was coming out of that. I had begun working with this other, you know, this coach yeah. who, hid it was she was brilliant she hid the like um the spirituality and like acting shit she was like yeah like totally. uh, let me talk to you about some like acting and how to get the job and shit and, sh and she's really just like the whole first class is like so you're really judgmental and you don't know that let's look at that shit and i was like what who no clue no clue and so over time uh i was kind of opening up to this stuff and becoming curious and whatever whatever and then there was the kind of pop, the real switch that was like a full weird, I don't even want to give a word, but like an awakening of a different sort where um, stuff got really strange. And that would, I, I would say would be the, the moment of the biggest change in our relationship because uh, that's when she had to take notice. Up until that point, it was very like, you know, the, the the stereotypical, hey babe, I think this book is really cool. You might like it. And she's like, yeah. uh, okay, right. And the kind of eye roll, like, yeah. right, like, mm, some help, like, right, okay, Whatever. everybody, like, and that's the thing that people, it's, and it's, and if I had not been an actor, I probably wouldn't have been as prepared for it as I was because there's this thing that happens to all actors, which is everybody's like, rolls their eyes until they see you on television they're like oh like you know you're still doing that acting thing but all right cool and then like you're on television or in a movie and they're like hey man i know always knew you could do it you you were you, like immediately you all you know the I mean? way oh yeah Just with you the whole time and you're like yeah, yeah. fam all right bro, have a good day <laughs> and uh and so that was almost kind of like the situation in our house which was that when the shift happened um she had no choice but to acknowledge it because it was just so to different. give you the call yeah so she was very much like wait what is this this is different i thought you mm. were just kind of fucking around with self-help books and stuff like what is this because i'm like i and i can't say too much here but like it, information that i didn't ask for like a lot of it yeah. a lot of that um and a lot of other shit that was very very just strange and so in that moment we really had to have a sit down and that was when we kind of started to try to feel it out and come together you feel like that i have so much to say because i'm literally honestly sitting here listening like to I, your story I, and i'm like i talked for like an hour <laughs> no you did a mate no i wanted to hear your story that's like the whole purpose and it's amazing because what's really strange for me though is that while obviously there are differences there's a massive amount of mirroring going on here with your story and mine. And that freaks me out. Like it shouldn't at this point, because I feel like this happens so much in life that you're like, why am I surprised, you know? But I'll get into that in a little bit. The, the first question I had though, was when that shift happened and you, the two of you had to sit down because it's like, all right, we can't ignore this, right? Whatever this is. Was it like a beautiful moment where like all of like, the things that had been wrong magically came together and it was harmonious or was there a shift in the conversation and then it took time to get to a, the harmonious place that you're at now relationally was it oh. a, another just like another step of that journey for you yeah i love that you asked this question because i think that's a, a very a very astute 
because it's a common misconception, right? Like, right. I had an awakening and sunshine and unicorns <laughs> out my ass and everything is tight. And you're like, yeah. nah, fam, it's much worse. Uh, one of my <laughs> uh, mentors, I guess I guess, uh, guru, because everybody love, yes, he's the goat, right? Um, and so Sadhguru says he talks about this in one of his more maybe esoteric lectures that I guess I maybe shouldn't be talking about. I can say this. Um, okay. he, he um talks about how certain types of like strong awakenings, um, let's say like a kundalini awakening, um, people like kind of hunt this out. And I'm sure you've been in the community long enough to know that people are like, I gotta have a kundalini awakening. Open yes. my third eye, it's tight. And he's like, yes. He gives this warning to not really pursue that kind of yoga without having first laid a foundation because things, when that happens, you cannot live your life the same. Like yeah. your life starts to fall apart around you because it's such a big paradigm shift. And if you haven't created the foundation for that, things get insane. Right. Right. So when that happened for, for us, it was like, um, it was not chill at first. Um, it was very much a lot of fear. And mm -hmm. I don't I feel like she'll be okay with me sharing this, but like uh, she essentially had the exact same experience with her <laughs> her dad and her like biggest long-term boyfriend had the exact same mm -hmm. thing and that didn't work out. So there was a lot of fear there. Yes. There was a lot of like, whoa. And I, I'm sure she saw, and you know, props to her for seeing the similarities she yeah. was just like wait what and I remember her like because it was a day it was a day that I remember very vividly that that, that things really shifted and were shifting and like my friend described it because I remember we were in Texas and at her mom's That's house where I am hook him uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't help it uh I'm a, I'm a Texan now I'm from Atlanta but I my love it. from Texas so I'm I'm the Texan um is she from Austin yeah, she's from Austin. Awesome. I live in San Antonio, so I'm like real close. Okay, continue. Uh, but I remember him calling me and be like, and like I was like in a fucking zone. I was like really dogmatic about practices. I was like getting up. Yes. I was like, man, I was feeling like light. I had just sent the text out to some friends, like inspirational. I was feeling like super. Yeah. And he's like, bro, and he texts me, and I remember him saying, you need, you need to come over the second you get home. I'm like, why? And he's like, bro, it just, it just, it feels like my mind is, 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 is expanding. Like the, I can't describe it. And I was like, all right, bro, like whatever. I got home, but I remember going to his house and it's of no consequence that we, we just watched this YouTube video from someone whose name I will not say because he's got problems. Um, <laughs> we all do, but he, it's just, it wouldn't help yeah. anything. Um, anyways, and I just remember like everything kind of, what's that film thing? It's like a, that Jaws effect, like of the, mm, the take, yes. it was like, everything was like, <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And so, um, I remember that day, we, I, that day he actually came back with me to my house and we were here and we were kind of talking to Sam about it. Um, that's my fiance's name. And we're talking to her and I remember she, her like pulling me aside and being like, hey, what's going on? Because this is different. What, what is this? And 
there was more of a kind of a, a trepidation trepidation in her in her voice but it was like you know in, in no particular terms she was kind of expressing like she didn't want to feel like she was going to be left behind like we were just off doing yeah. this thing together and it was a really vulnerable moment and she's never i hope she's okay with sharing this but um it was never she's not that type right she's just not that yeah. vibe right uh to, to do that and for her to do that it really made me kind of slow down and so uh to get to your question no it was not a, a peaceful sort of transition because even after that happened um i didn't i had no context right you got to understand like i still like in my mind i was just like this is just thing i had no idea what a kundalini awakening was I had no idea what spirituality, I didn't know what chakra systems, I none of it yes. made any, like I was just like, well, all right, well, this is, and so I thank God for that because honestly, it was really useful in my journey because I had no choice but to integrate it into my life. Right. I hadn't read a spiritual book ever. I was literally just like, all right, well, I guess life. Yeah. And um, so over the course of our relationship, over the course of that time, over maybe I'd say another probably three years, it was very much like me trying to navigate that personally but also be able to kind of bring her along and articulate what i was experiencing while also going through all of the normal sort of traps that people go through on their spiritual journey um the evangelical trap of like yo you gotta do this this is a thing you gotta whatever 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 and I got proof now because you know I'm yeah. lit. Like you know this <laughs> fire. And she's like, you know, that trap, the idea, the, the judgment trap, thinking that she's wrong or incorrect. Mm. And the the best day of my of our relationship, I think the best, I don't like that, but sure. <laughs> best day of that thing was I remember early on, I had almost this kind of out hyper outward focus, which I think is something that most people do during the during their awakening process because because likely due to our predisposition to a materialistic viewpoint right our yeah. entire situation has been materialistic forever right. so of course when a new sort of awareness shows up it's going to be once again outward facing and material and I actively remember like I was like kind of jerking myself off to how much stuff I knew I'd be like oh yeah, yeah this, this 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 and I could point out everything and I'm like that person's gonna trip boom did it yeah and I was like so hype and I just remember that this I was so outward and I remember just sitting one day and it becoming so stupid and passe and I was just like wait a second and I felt that it, my mind just go and Whoa. I felt it all turn inside I was like what happens if I aim this level of perception at myself well, and make it about me? And, and it was just like, and that's when we got to work. I was like, oh. Oh, it's about me. It's about me. Not trying to change you. Oh, it's okay. So I have thoughts because mind you, like I haven't done a lot of like thinking or research on masculine and feminine energy and what that looks like played out spiritually in our relationships or whatever right it's not something that I've like looked into it's something I have thought about within myself because like for me being I hate to put labels on this 
my experience relationally, like, like gender is not a thing for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's just like, that's not a thing in my life, right? I don't have that within myself. But I understand the idea of like this masculine feminine energy and how those things exist in people. Earlier, you were talking about this masculine feminine energy and how you more existed in this feminine and she more existed in this masculine. And that's how like, it kind of was just like hitting this way in the beginning. What you're explaining to me, and like, this is just what's coming up in myself. Your experience to me and my mind right now is very much a feminine energy expression of like a spiritual awakening. I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying like, what you're experiencing is like, you went to the clouds or you went to the universe and like lived there for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And she obviously is going on this journey because y'all are together. So whether Mm -hmm. she's even like consciously aware of it in the same ways, like this is happening for her too, right? Yes. Yes. But she's like grounded in something, Hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. to me, that groundedness, which if I'm assuming eventually got you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where you guys got to this place that's more balanced, right? Like you were up here and she's Mm -hmm. grounded down here and y'all did this dance for a while. Yes. And then eventually like the cord connected and she like pulls you and you like pulled mm-hmm. her up and now y'all are just like in this space. Mm-hmm. Is that a masculine feminine energy thing? Or is that just like a way to express that? That's just how that feels to me. I don't that know. Feels, that feels <clears throat> highly, highly accurate to me. Um, okay. And, and she gave me the example one time because she does, she's really good at giving examples um, <laughs> of like rock climbing. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going up here, thing. <laughs> We're, we're right and then she comes and she goes and, she, and I'm like all right bet and then I and then I follow yeah that. and I, I would say that was very much the sort of thing and you know maybe getting more into the sort of masculine feminine aspects of it because I was really dumb I didn't read any like books I didn't know anything about that stuff so my only thing was like I want my relationship to work like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is but like and so a thing that really was useful was understanding the archetypal nature of those energies and divorcing it from sort of right gender or sexuality any of that shit so I was like okay what is it like archetypally and something that I discovered because I was once again turning it inward was oh this energy doesn't just manifest as like you like one particular thing uh in like how you do things or live your life or what you believe yeah it's in how your like senses work. Hmm. It's in how your body is constructed. Like mm. it's literally in every aspect of you. And it like powerfully transformed the way that I experienced our relationship because it demolished all of the judgment. She was no longer wrong. She was just different. She right. experienced life differently than I did and because I had like a framework for understanding that every time there was a disagreement and this is our running joke I was like we have one fucking fight that is it we don't it's only one thing and it's it's only ever she's like it's literally this and I'm like yes but it's also not that is it it's the only thing we ever and so it just it, it cuts through the bullshit because you know one I'm not trying to prove her wrong ever, right? I'm yeah. like, I'm in agreement. I'm like, I get that. I get how that's your perspective. And of course it is. Yeah. Of 
of course, that's your tendency, not that you're locked into it, yeah. not that it's everything that you are, because those energies when and flow. I mean, and we have, and we have this running joke of like, we have this sort of overlap. Yeah. Where we really overlap, where we're like really yeah. identical in a lot of areas, but also um, places where I'm way more masculine in my expression, and she's way more feminine in her expression, yeah. of certain aspects of our life. And so being kind of open to that, but with the awareness that, that if there's tension, it's likely the tension of opposites and to slow down and become curious about it. And so anytime where I'm like, I can't believe that she, of course she did, of course she did. And so I'm looking to say yes to her constantly and yes to myself constantly because that's the other side of it for me, which was like that idea that I'm wrong all the time. Like that shit, like was a, a really big sticking point for me uh, in our relationship a lot of the time. You very purposely use an acting analogy that just came to my mind when you were like to say yes to mm -hmm. her and like to say yes to myself. It's like my improv class where it's like, yes and, right? Like you never say no. Yeah. You always add something right like you add to the experience to create the story saying no stops the story mm -hmm. right so you get curious and if it's something that like with me I'm, I've been I'm not gonna say I'm horrible I have grown so much in the ability to do improv well like I don't even know but it's not something that like I went into being like this is super natural for me to do this type of thing right mm -hmm. it was a huge block lots of insecurity and it is an expression of in my own life, like where I find my insecurities, right? So like, there's a right and a wrong way. Like, give me a script, tell me the character, mm -hmm. let me figure this shit out. And then I will come and like blow your mind, right? But if there's nothing to stand on and you're just creating it as you go, then I'm like, where, what are, what are we doing? Like, how do we mm -hmm. know if this is working or not, right? It's like that in my life. So <clears throat> learning how to receive something from someone and internally be like, my brain goes numb and I'm like, I have no idea where to go with that, right? You have to ask questions instead of shutting it down in order to carry something on, right? So it took me being put in front of a group of people where I was like, literally the show must go on. You can't just be like, sorry, I got nothing and like leave, you know, like yeah. you have to do it. People are paying to be here, right? So you have to do it. And so then your brain expands when it has to, like when there's no other choice, and maybe mm -hmm. like the no other choice was, I want my relationship to work, period. Mm -hmm. Like period, I want it to work. There's no other choice, right? So if there's mm -hmm. no other choice, I have to say yes to you and ask a bunch of fucking questions so that this can move somewhere in a direction towards something. Amen. I've and been, is it just that continuously? Improv now, I'm like so excited about, it. sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean yeah, to no, <laughs> no, that's awesome. But is that like, does that feel true to you? Cause that's like the picture that my brain works in pictures. So when you say something, the information presents itself to me in like this idea mm -hmm. and then I have to work backwards. But that's how it feels to me that like in relationship, I think that's what I'm learning right now. You are steps ahead of me on your journey relationally. I can, I know this because I know my story and you don't and I'm now learning your story, right? But I feel like, which is awesome, you're like right there above, like right there in front of where I am. Like you're the step ahead on the journey of figuring this shit out that like I'm on, I'm on the same path is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like in a sense that like, 
I'm asking, I'm dealing with things relationally in my life, always have, and then currently that are teaching me things that you're talking about that I'm like, oh, that's, that it like finished the thought that's somewhere inside of me. Does that make sense? It's like, I'll have these thoughts and I'm like, I don't really know where this is going, but I feel like there's truth here. I don't know what the, like, I have the first part of the sentence, right? But then you'll Mm -hmm. say things and I'm like, that's that thing that I felt, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what, that's what that is. And so I'm going to just talk a little bit real quick about the mirroring of this, because I think me sharing with you will, please do. it's just, it's just interesting. So I am an actor as well. And I, this part, you know, um, like got married super young, had children, unbelievably young, experienced a divorce, the relationship didn't work out. And then I was like a year later in a relationship with someone at the time that I was like, this is it. This is the love of my life. Like I've never experienced anything like this. Like I met this person and it was like that experience of I've known you forever, right? Like you see them and almost physically it's like, I know you. know you okay um and this is where it's interesting though because that relationship didn't work out for me but I'm to my surprise like I was like this is it but nothing was working okay kind of like nothing at all we like the like love was there right or whatever that is like the thing where we're like we both felt that energy we both felt the same way like we've never felt this kind of connection before but we were, and we were both actors. Okay. This is in the process of my deconstruction. Cause I did go through, I never like, was like, forget everything. I never like threw the baby out with the bathwater, but it was the experience that you're talking about is what I experienced in the sense that religion, what they were teaching wasn't never matched up quite to my experience. And that's what I was saying in the beginning, when we were first talking about how I was like, I used this to get me somewhere. And I understood it to a degree, but I was like, no, there's still this isn't it, right? Like this isn't the thing. So all of that was falling apart for me because my marriage had ended and I was trying to figure out how to be a single mom and all this thing, this stuff, right? And I was just like, well, I know that, I know God is a thing, God, but I know that's a thing. And this relationship, um, this person was kind of in that same place of like, what is this, right? And we were both actors. So um, this person actually introduced me to an acting class in Austin, Texas. Um, and I like got on this waiting list and waited for like eight months and then would drive every week two hours to take this class and two hours back home, okay? And I almost like, it's crazy to me, like the things that you're talking about with your acting coach and you're like, they're teaching you spirituality, but like pretending it's acting or whatever. When you said what, like about huge struggle with judgment and all of this stuff, I'm like, did you like come to Austin and take my acting class? Because I would, then my first time, and I'm an agreeable person because I'm a people pleaser by nature, right? Something I'm with that like is in me, right? That I'm just like, I'm less like this now, but with authority or people that I'm trying to like impress, mm-hmm. right? I'm very much like, whatever you say, right, is right. So I get in the hot seat on my first class, right? And we're doing a specific technique. It's the Meisner technique, we're reading behavior, right? And so we're just like calling behaviors on people based on like what we see in them in that moment, right? Like whatever, you know, I could say right now, like 
you're curious or whatever. And then you just repeat it back to each other, right? I didn't understand this concept. And there's room for the learning curve because it doesn't make sense in the beginning. You learn how to do it over time. But because I didn't understand it, that my that brain numbness and that body numbness came to me and I was frozen because I didn't know what I was doing. And I wanted to come in and like be this good actor right away, right? So we're sitting there and I would do something wrong and she would be like, no. And I was like, I'm new here, be nice, right? And I'd be like, okay. And then I would like try it, no, wrong. And I was like, oh, she's a real bitch. And so then I would like sit there and freaking out, sweating, right? And this happened a few times before I kid you not, like I'm sitting in a chair looking at this person and she's like, no, it's like time five. And I turned around and I was like, I screamed, like at the top of my voice, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then she like settled and like sat back in her seat and she goes, now we're getting somewhere. And I was like, oh, (laughs) oh, okay. Right? The next three years of my life, every Monday in that class with her, now I knew the game, right? But I was committed to not playing it to get good at the game, but to accepting it so that I could actually let myself be broken apart and become good at this craft. Like, I was like, I actually want to be good at this. I got to a place where I was like, pride is a thing for me. I really care about this. Like, I really want to be good at this thing, right? And, and it stopped being about being good for the applause of being good and started to be this thing of like my soul was finding itself in storytelling in a way that was like you want to be good at this for a reason that's deeper that you don't understand yet and I was like okay but I really cared so each class I would go and she would do the no blah 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 she'd yell at me she would be like you're seeing red you know look at that person what are they feeling you're focused on what you're feeling. What are they feeling? And I realized all of these traits in myself that were like so shadowy and dark and ugly. And I thought that I was just like this really sweet, kind, angelic human being that got along with everyone and like existed to please. And all of a sudden, massive amounts of burning lava anger was erupting in me for like two years every time I stepped inside of this class, just doing exercises. Like we would do exercises and set up these scenarios with people. And in my mind, it's not something that you would ever think would lead to anger in this improvisational situation. And every time I am like screaming and crying with like this anger inside of me. So as I went on with this class, I just, you know, stepped away from it recently. Um, Like, lovingly, maybe we'll go back one day, but like, it was just time. Right. But over three years, I learned that I was less taking this class to learn how to build characters, even though I learned how to do that. Right. Like I learned how to do those things. It was that my soul was answering its call from three-year-old McKenzie to what are you? Right. And this class was a part of the breaking my ego 
in order to be able to get to the root of what that was. It didn't like get me there, right? It wasn't like, and now I'm there. It was like pieces of that puzzle that I'm understanding now every day. I'm like, oh shit, that thing and that happened in class is this thing that I'm dealing with, like, right? And meditation, this is what's coming up in me. And it's like, I see that connection, but it was this person that I was so drawn to that like got me connected to this class, right? And then two and a half years into that, our relationship ended, right? And that's where I would say I experienced the shift that you were talking about, um, where it was like one day and you were like, oh my God, what is this, right? And it's that moment. And I laid on the floor in my office for weeks. Yeah. Curled in a ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like literally. And now I'm so freaking grateful for that relationship, for what it brought me, for the ending of it, because I know like where, like I know where, what it, where it was bringing me to. Right. But the interesting thing for me, and maybe this is why I, I had the awareness to ask the question, like, so when you had that, was it all of a sudden like sunshine and rainbows, that experience of shift for your relationship, or did it take time to work on it? That while I had that experience and it did awaken me to a new perception of life, I have patterns within myself that are still being broken to this day that didn't change with that moment or that mm-hmm. day. So like what you're talking about, maybe even like with Sadhguru, where he's like, don't pray for this crazy experience before you have your feet in the ground and your roots dug deep, because you're going to be like high flying and no idea of like any sense of reality at all. Like you're just going to live in this energy, but like nothing is going to be grounded. I think maybe that happened to me to some degree without me asking. And that's fine. Like I wasn't asking for that. Right. But it did happen to me. But over the last two years now, like year and a half, I guess, that's, I'm starting to see that, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is real, but like something needs to happen here, right? Mm -hmm. And um, with the balance aspect of things, like I like that feeling of um, spirituality and being able to be like, you're gonna trip and then they do and you're like, "Ah, whoa, right? Like Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, like I'm psychic Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, like rock on. Yeah. It's, I mean, and I get it because I feel you on the same, like, I'm, thank God, like, the, the insecurity has led to a level of self-awareness where I'm like, I know what I like. I yeah. know, like, I see it. I know I want to float. I get yes, it. Yes, I know I do. You know what I mean? Like, and so the awareness of that, so many questions I want to ask you because I can't yeah. imagine experiencing that with children. I just, I cannot oh imagine gosh. it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but you reminded me of the Zen Cohen, like the Zen Cohen of, of you know, the, the mountains and trees were just mountains and trees. And then they weren't just mountains and trees. Yeah. Not like, woo! And then it's like, then they're just mountains and trees again. Yeah. And all of these stages are, are, are necessary. But mm-hmm. I think on our journeys that that's like, yeah, that's so powerful to have that, that experience. I do want to ask you about like having that experience with kids because the, what you really described is something that um, I guess you, you could describe in the spiritual awakening process as like the hermit phase. And mm. that I remember having, I mean, you said three weeks, I felt like a year of just like me going like, mm, I can't because life becomes 
it's like landing in Oz in color. Everybody's like, oh, that must be tight. And you're like, yeah, until you're like, I've never seen anything. It's like, you're, like a year of just being like, oh my gosh, I've never used my eyes before. Yeah. And it's I scary. can't imagine doing it can that be scary. children. Like that must've been really interesting. Yeah, and it is still. So right. yes, right. yes, and. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. And I think a lot of it too, that's still part of like, when I say like relationships, I think, I, I think that relationships are a huge part of, of my soul's journey to figuring this shit out, right? But not just romantic, also mothering. Like it's part of, of this for me, right? So my lovely, lovely poor children who have incarnated on this earth in agreement to be uh, with me, um, go through a lot that they don't understand because I don't understand it, right? So while I do honor the fact that I am responsible for caretaking and guiding these human beings on this planet, I have and am still learning to be um, patient with myself and my journey, knowing that I don't, I'm not doing it all right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like, if I could go back, okay. And this is really weird because when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I was 19 years old. I was married and I was pregnant with my first daughter and I was listening to a podcast, which I never did at the time. I don't even know what this podcast was, but this woman came on and she was talking about having kids young randomly. I mean, I didn't choose this conversation. Right. And she was like, if I could go back, I would have kids 10 to 15 years later. And let me tell you why. And then she went into being like, this is why. And it pissed me off, man. I mean, the same way your video did. It made me so angry because I couldn't take my baby out and put her on pause. Like she's coming. Right. And I wanted the anger, which then showed itself again in my acting class years later, that was living in me as a protection mechanism. Right. If you get mad, then you don't have to listen to the wisdom. Right. And deal with what that means for you. So I was just like, you know, whatever. No, I don't believe that. Like, I'm going to be a great mom. And now my kids are six and seven, almost seven and eight. I, if I could go back and have my children, like actually put these two amazing beings on pause and give birth to the same kiddos 10 to 15 years later, I feel like I would be at a place in my life. Who knows if this is true? right? This is just me thinking out loud, right? I feel like I would be at a place in my life where as a human being functioning in the world, I would have things maybe a little bit more figured out. Maybe I would have a little bit more calm, a little bit more wisdom to be able to guide them with more focused intention on them, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because a lot of this journey over the last almost eight years, nearly eight years in April, with my first daughter has been me figuring it out, her experiencing me figuring it out, me trying to bring her along, catch her up to speed on where I'm at in my life in an appropriate way for a tiny child. And then her watching me go back and forth between what I've learned and what my pattern is, yeah. what I've learned and what my pattern is. That is an inconsistent way of parenting any book on child rearing or psychology would tell you that it is a breeding ground for trauma, right? 
Am I abusive? Am I whatever? No, I love my children. I care for them. They're fed, they're loved, right? All of those things foundationally exist in my daughter's lives. They know I love them. They know I'm always there for them. But they have a mother who is really figuring this this soul journey thing out in a way that is very much expressed on the outside. It almost feels like sometimes like collateral damage, right? But I think where I have to hold space for the fact that I do believe that we chose each other in the time and space that we did. Like my daughters are existing souls on their own, right? And my oldest daughter's soul is way older than mine if we're going to get into that space of if you even believe in that type of thing, right? I didn't until I knew her, okay? So (laughs) I got to know her and then I was like, man, you should really give yourself a break, Mackenzie, because she's got this shit figured out. Like she's leading you, right? I mean, like you are making sure that she's safe, but like her soul is like, whatever, mom, right? Like really, it's weird. So yeah, it's wow. And I think a lot of it is that I came, I love my parents so much and you know, I have good relationships with both of them now, but I didn't have an easy upbringing. I had a really, you know, tumultuous upbringing. My, my parents are divorced, but there was a lot more to that story. It wasn't just the divorce that caused it to be that way. Right. So I project my experience a lot onto my kids and I'm like, am I doing the same thing? No, I'm not, not at all because they're not neglected and they're not whatever they're loved, but my daughters have the front row seat to an ongoing slow, what I would say is a slow progressing spiritual awakening. And the gifts that, that, that I feel like I have to offer them isn't that I'm going to be completely stable in my vibe, isn't that I'm going to be completely stable in what I know or believe to be true at all times, but that I am aware that I don't know shit mm-hmm. and am open to, open to the possibility of life, right? knowing for certain that I am an eternal being, which I think is also a gift that I have been able to give them because they both also feel that awareness within themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And we have these, we're able to have conversations. They're able to, which is something I didn't have as a little girl because my parents just didn't have that thought process. They can be like, my daughter can be literally, you know, talk about what she feels as some, like she can, she can tell the difference between her body and who she really is on her own, but she can talk to me about that. And I can understand what she's saying, right? Like I can have that conversation with her. So I'm appreciative, you know, and it's hard, man. I mean, it's not easy, especially as a single person. Um, I don't, I don't know, maybe that would be easier if you had someone, but like on the practical end of just being a practically a single parent, right? And then also uh, feeling like you're kind of going against the grain in every way as you're like raising these kids or whatever, guiding them, being with them, doing life together, you know? Um, So yeah, it's not easy and there's no, I don't really have, that is my answer. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what we're, I don't know what we're doing, but we are bonded and we love each other very much. And yeah. I have a whole story in my head from like, I'm just like imagining and I'm just like, gosh, man, Kenzie's just like a cool mom. Um, <laughs> I love this, dude. Um, so there's a few things because I, I wanted to bring this up earlier when you were talking about sort of the, the vibration and maybe pointing towards this idea of kind of having it together. 
Mm. Um, this, there's this sort of thing that we do when our awareness begins to sort of expand. And I try to give this example to, to clients and stuff that I work with to, to maybe also sort of let them let themselves off the hook a bit. Mm. Because a lot of the time there's this tendency to go, well, it, it, the, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel that I can do it. And then there's the awareness of like, I see myself in the pattern. I see me doing the thing. And fuck, I just, I just, if I could just, if I could just. And yeah. a, a way that I like to help maybe contextualize the, the awareness is um, if we think about maybe your baseline, like baseline, your, your ideal being a line right yeah. down the middle. Like, this is my ideal. This is the best. This is like God, right? Perfect. Yeah. Um, presence right most aware if we look at when you're in a state of unconsciousness you will naturally like be in a state of shenanigans on your own bullshit until there's a break right so you're just like going along life and then usually your unconsciousness results in a break and that's usually suffering right oh like <laughs> that's depression uh, that. yes. it's, like, it's like a pop like oh man and you're like well i don't know why that happened and we unconsciously attribute it to something outside of ourselves, And so we just yeah. go back on the thing. And this is moving, like it's naturally moving and you're just going, but usually you get to in the other direction and there's a pop and you're like, yeah. okay, well, that wasn't it. Eventually, after so many of those unconscious pops, there's this sort of sweet space, not quite touching, the, not on the line, but a lot closer than before to where you've kind of done this unconsciousness enough to where you're like, wait, hold up yeah this is a little different maybe am i just is this me and in the sort of sort of awakening space which is very close a lot closer to that line there's usually that kind of big change where you're like whoa because you're so close to the line you're like looking around like wait 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 and that tends to be the awakening space so um when that happens though what you described which is really beautiful um was your awareness expanding mm. right your awareness of what is going on in your experience is expanding like exponentially it seems and so a lot of the time what's happening is you're just becoming aware of the turns yeah. you're seeing the turns happen in real time now you're not unconsciously just on the train you're yeah. like while the train's moving you're like well, the train is fucking moving hold up <laughs> right yeah. And so what usually, what tends to start happening is you're not, something that one of my acting coaches said, first thing that, that happened uh, when, I, when I got here in her class was um, she used this example and she was like, you know, um, you'll never be, never, but mm. tendency, you'll never be that level of broke that you were before again. Right, you'll never drop that low and you've all been low you're all actors <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but she's like y'all it's like a lot of the time we have such a an attachment to to the industry and making money and all this stuff and she was right. trying to pull that back for us yeah. and one of the examples she says is like you're never gonna be where you were then again and so on your wellness journey it ain't never gonna be that. Like you, you can you yeah. imagine? Like you, you know some of the yes. weird shit that we do. We <laughs> and you, you're never gonna do that it's again. True. Like it's, it's, yes. it's just like God. All right, how I talked. It makes like watching certain things, like watching yes. uh, uh, younger people, like on the journey, like with a Cassandra complex. Because you're like, don't, 
don't do that. Don't but just I know I know you think that you should do, but don't. But like, and they're just like blah blah blah. Yes. And you're like, okay, I will never do that again. Okay. Yeah. But I think we get so hard on ourselves because we see like, oh man, I know I'm like back in the pattern of that thing that I I've done in the past yes. and whatever, whatever. And so you're we look at that kind of graph, right? You're getting closer and closer and closer to the line. Your vibration is going faster. You're mm. vibrating faster. The turns yeah. are happening faster. And you're becoming, because you're becoming aware when, when you're kind of strung out and you're like, no, back. Wow. And you're another way. You're like, Mm-mm, this is, oof, no, back. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's very, true. right. Yeah. That's very literal, linear in its construction. But I think a, a more realistic way to think about it is it's not a fucking line. Hmm. It was never a line. So at any moment, right? Because we have this tendency to check in and be like, where am I on yeah. my journey? I'm not as spiritual as I was back then. Or no, 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 no. Yeah. At any fucking moment you can go here yeah. now mm. and just be with what is right now. You don't have to go somewhere. And we turn it into that a lot of the time because we take the teaching tools that we get from all of our teachers and our gurus and our books and our podcasts and our blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we're like, all right, I'm off the path. Gotta go do something. And it's yeah. like, no, all of these people are telling you, you don't have to do shit. All of those tools were teaching tools to be like, hey, this is just giving you a taste of what experientially it is like to not do anything. They're not the thing. They're just tools to be like, hey, man, yeah. you don't got to do shit. But a lot of the time we'll attribute these tools to the thing that we have to do to get a thing. And it's like, no, at any point, and which is like my biggest, at any point you can stop and just be like, wait, I'm not gonna, whatever. You're not off your path. You're not on a, 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 a journey where you're failing again and again and again. At any point, you can sit and be still and know at any point. So cool to hear you say that because I don't know if you know who Nadia Bowles Weber is, but she's like a Lutheran pastor in Colorado. And I follow her and she's a super badass woman and she's part of my spiritual journey. And I, um, I guess maybe it was like something she posted on a story like a long, like a while back and it stuck with me and it's exactly what you're talking about. She goes, the comfort that I have in my life is the permission I give myself to take child's pose at any time. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It is. Fuck. Yeah. That's a part. Yeah. Am I crying? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're actually like over time. We which are. Is Sorry. Exciting. No, it's actually exciting to me because I'm like, you're coming back. I mean, let's just be real. So we'll have to do this again sometime Dude, and keep we have to we got to do an acting thing we got to do yeah improv. there's more here there's more here <laughs> I know I'm so excited thank you so much I okay so um surprise improv before we go the one thing I'm going to ask you and take time if you need it to like sit with it before you respond whatever but the first thing that comes to your mind okay if I were to ask you like when I say keep looking up 
what is the word or phrase or picture or idea that comes to you first when I say keep looking up that you would give to yourself or anyone else? So over the pandemic, I started going on these hikes and they became this kind of ritualistic kind of walking meditation. Something that was a very mechanical thing that I noticed was I had a tendency to look down and kind of just like look where I was going in front of me and only really be focused there. And over the course of the hike, I would stop from time to time and kind of just be present with what was around me. And I really liked that, but it made for it a sort of inconsistent experience. Um, and I noticed that if instead of like burying my head on the ground and being worrying about where my feet were gonna go, if I looked up and if I just had my eyes kind of straight out in front of me, that when I approached something that I needed to step around or navigate, I can actually look down, handle that, and then come back. And uh, that, that's the first thing that came to mind. It was just this sort of kind of neutral loving space of like looking eyes forward, present, moving from Oh, you're making me cry. The good one. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. And I can't wait to, to chat again soon. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. Bye. Thanks.